The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Practical spirituality. Positive messages. This is UnityOnlineRadio.org. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of hope. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back. We have the most exciting show for you today. Not too long ago, we did a show about no other explanation stories about loved ones across the veil. And it was so well received that my beautiful radio show guru, Lynette, suggested we do the same type of show about pets in the afterlife. So today we have lined up a whole passel of people that are going to share their pet miracle stories. We're doing this live on the radio, but we're also recording it for posterity and video. And so if you go onto YouTube later, you'll be able to see everybody telling their stories. I have a couple of friends here live in the studio with me. So if you hear giggling or sniffing in the background, crying tears of joy at these stories, you'll know what that's all about. But we have some very, very special guests today. Awesome stories. We're just going to go through them and let spirit guide us as we flow. If you have a pet across the veil, you are sure to be inspired. And even if you don't, who doesn't love animals? So my first guest I'm going to bring on, we're just using first names today, is Vicki. And I first met Vicki, I believe the first time was when I did a reading for her. And this was the clearest reading I have ever done in which I brought through a pet, her cat. And her cat spoke to me in English like no animal ever has. And the evidence was off the charts. But that's not what we're going to talk about today. We're going to let Vicki tell her own miracle story with her cat. So Vicki, welcome to the show. Hi, Suzanne. Thanks for having me. So um, that is part of what we're going to talk about today, actually. <laughs> so my story is about my little orange tabby named Osti. I'm going to read it partly because I want to stay within the, the time frame I've been allowed. Um, he was my little angel while he was here in this life. And now he's what I call my mighty little spirit um, across the veil. And this is the story of how he sent me two new fur babies. 
to love. I call them my gifts from spirit. Now, anybody that's lost a really special pet um, probably knows that fear of, oh, can I get another one? Can I go through that again? You know, it's- it's, Yeah, we've been there. Yeah, right. So, So that's where I was at. And I have a little bit of a backstory and this is a significant part. Of, of this whole story. Um, when my son was in college, he met and became best friends with a young man I'll call Josh. And when they got their undergrads, Josh went on to become um, a veterinarian. And after that, he went on to work for the local Humane Society. And also, he became the main veterinarian for the wild animal rescue facility uh, near where I lived. And it's a wonderful facility where they rescue all kinds of wild animals from bad conditions and that kind of thing. And it was at that point, about 14 years ago, that I started following this facility on Facebook. And I'd often see, you know, various videos of all the animals that they rescued and just countless stories and... and Hug at your heart. Yeah, right. So when, um, when Asti crossed five years ago, I wanted to do um, some sort of memorial for him. So I made a donation to this facility in his name. And they in turn created a, um, an engraved stone um, of my choice to be placed in their walkway. And I just had it say, simply say, Asti Crane. And then I had a big heart in it. Nice. Well, about two months after that, I was out uh, in Colorado visiting my son, and I was out hiking on some trails. I was thinking of my Osti, and suddenly on the trail in front of me, I noticed a sparkling pink heart-shaped rock. <laughs> this is this is it. She's, now, for those of you who are listening, she's holding up this sparkling pink rock, and it's very much heart-shaped. So I bent down to pick it up. And of course, I immediately thought of him. So I turned my face to the sky. And there overhead was a perfect blue heart-shaped opening in the clouds with the sun shining down rays. And I I knew it was a sign from him. You know, when you, you, you get that knowing, you know, I could just feel it. I could feel Osti all around me. That is so important, that sense of knowing that comes with those signs that you could see a heart at another time and not think anything, but the juxtaposition of the events is what makes it meaningful. Right. Yeah, I felt I felt that it was um, him saying, acknowledging the, the engraved stone saying, thank you. Thank you, Mama. So I stood there in awe, you know, with a, a heart in one hand and a heart in the sky. And it was about a year later that I finally started thinking about possibly getting two more cats. And I knew if I did, I wanted to get two males from the same litter because that's what I did when I got Oski. I got him and brother Bailey. I imagined what color I'd like them to be. And I didn't think I could get another orange tabby because it would look too much like Oski. So I thought, well, the next best thing would be maybe a buff and white, okay? rather than orange and white. So I still wasn't sure if I could handle this. So I sat down to meditate on it. This Good advice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was sitting in the sand on a beach in my meditation and Asti came to me. 
and I asked him how he might feel if I were to get more kittens. Suddenly, he ran around me tracing a giant heart in the sand. And then he came and sat next to me inside that giant heart. And this is why I get emotional, Suzanne. And then he looked up at me and he said, Mama, our love is so big that everything else can fit inside of it. So when you told me you heard him talking in words, this happened before that. I thought that's why I wasn't at all surprised. So when he said that, it was like, you know, you know that didn't come from your mind because I was stunned. I was like, oh my gosh, I never thought of it like that. You know, I'm like, and, and for everybody who's listening, that's how we know that it comes from those in spirit, whether they're pets or people, because it's things you wouldn't have thought of and it arises spontaneously and it touches the heart. It's beautiful, Vicki. Yeah, yeah. So by now, I figured um, there were kittens out there somewhere that were going to be coming to me, and I had no idea how these how I'd find these two cats or how they'd find me. So I just waited and I figured somehow it would happen. About a month later, now this story takes us back to the wild animal rescue. I had been, remember, I'd been following them on Facebook for 14 years. <laughs> now all of a sudden in my newsfeed pops up randomly something I'd never seen before. And it was what was called a kitten cabana. And evidently, they foster kittens for the Humane Society. And in that kitten cabana were three little buff and white kittens. Of course there were. <laughs> so all week long, every day, this popped up in my newsfeed, popped up in my newsfeed. I was, they were just taunting me. I'd watch these kittens running around, playing, racing around. Finally, I'm like, oh, for crying out loud. So I called Josh and I said, Josh, are by any chance two of those kittens males? And he said, yes, they are. So I arranged to go see him the next day. And another tiny little bit of backstory. Um, my husband and I had our first date on June 13th. And then we went on to get married on June 13th. Well, when we got to, the, so it's our special day, right? Yep. So when we got to the facility and we saw the kitten's paperwork, we were stunned to see that they were born on June 13th. Awesome. Yeah, and not only that, but the one that I was to name Sachi, um, when I picked him up, he had a perfect buff-colored heart-shaped bat patch of fur on his chest. And the one that I was going to name Kaya had a perfect heart-shaped white patch of fur on his belly. So it was just like Beautiful. the engraved stone, you know, in the paver, right. just like the heart he drew in the sand, just like the heart-shaped stone on the path and in the sky. And I asked Josh, I said, why didn't, why have I never seen this before? And he had no idea, you know, and he said, usually there are 10 to 20 kittens in that kitten cabana at any time. But this week, there were only those three and only two of them were males. So, so Asti wanted to make sure that those two kittens ended up with me. Um, and the thing is, after I got them home, the kitten cabana never popped up in my newsfeed again. Oh, I love that. <laughs> the perfect, perfect way to wrap that up. 
Thank you so much. I, I would love, I could spend the rest of the show talking about the evidence that came through in your reading, but we have too many stories left to share, but, but it was just truly, truly amazing that how Asti showed that he's clearly still protecting you from across the veil, protecting your heart. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Awesome. Well, we love our cats and dogs and I have dog stories to follow. And I have a special surprise for all of you. The one that's going to share the dog story is my husband and soulmate, Ty. So we get Ty to unmute himself and say hi to everybody, sweetheart. Hello, everyone. Okay, my story, actually there are three parts, uh, is about our 16-year-old long-haired red dachshund, Rudy, uh, who passed away last uh, January, a year ago. And uh, a couple of months later, we got a new little puppy. Uh, we already had Nellie, uh, who was at that time a year old, and Rusty joined us. And they and sleep by the way, bedroom. Rusty has a big heart on his side, like the cat. That's right. So that's yeah. very special. Yep. And so they sleep with us. Uh, Rusty, as Rudy did when he was with us, slept up on my shoulder. And Nellie would sleep just like her predecessor, Gretchen, would sleep down by my right knee and with Suzanne to my left. And during the last two years of Rudy's life, he would always have to get up in the middle of the night around two o'clock, three o'clock in the morning to go out and pee. And so, I have to just say on Ty's behalf, this man never once complained. He said it was his great honor to help his little old man dog every night. Yeah. So when uh, one night, this is last spring, before we went on our road trip in the bus, we're lying in bed and Suzanne's to my left. Rusty's asleep to my right. Nellie's asleep also to my right by my knee. And it's, of course, pitch dark, three o'clock in the morning. And I feel a puppy walking across my feet over towards Suzanne. Suzanne's side, uh, and I said, oh, no, one of the puppies has to go out, and Suzanne says, well, which one is it? Is it Rusty or I heard, I felt them too, and we both yeah. groaned. Oh, no. So I reach over with my left hand and feel Rusty's right there by my shoulder, and with my right hand, I reach down by my knee, and there's Nellie, both asleep, but we had both felt little paws going across our feet towards the corner of the bed. And I know it was Russ, uh, Rudy. Yeah. So absolutely knew it was Rudy. I, mean, I remember we couldn't get back to sleep right away because we both kept saying, "You really felt that too? I felt that. Did you feel that? Oh, it was mad." We so excited, so excited to have him back with us, even briefly. And then, well, well so, if I could just say, Ty, yes, we say good night to him every night, and I truly believe that our pets continue to sleep in the bed with us. Yep. He just was able to let us feel it yep. at that time. All of us, yeah. And then a couple of months later, we're on the road. We're out in Arizona. Uh, Suzanne was backpacking. We do this periodically because we have to take care of the pups. One of us will go backpacking and camp out overnight. And the other stays back in the coach with the, with the dogs. So Suzanne was out camping. And she had texted me. And she's out in the weeds, out in the woods, you know, in, uh, in Flagstaff. And she, I get this text that says, uh, well, a bear just walked through the campground. And uh, good night. <laughs> so I'm looking at the phone and I'm trying to will her to text back saying everything's okay. And Rusty is to my right, Nellie's to my left. And from across the other side of the bus, I hear a head shake with the unmistakable clanking of, 
of you know the, the rabies tag and and the id tag well, anybody and, that has a dog knows the sound when they shake their head and their ears yeah. go flapping it's a very distinctive sound but again the puppies are both asleep right next to me and i i figured that was rudy saying hey i got this covered i got mom covered she's she's fine and the, the funny thing is that it recurred um uh three or four days later i was in the car and just parked in the parking lot somewhere looking at my phone and no dogs with me no wife with me and i hear the same head shake from the back seat turn around i can't see him but i know he's there awesome i'm jealous i'm the medium and i haven't heard the dog head shake yet uh, what's up with that your turn will come my turn will come, but I did feel him walk across us, and I hope that everybody listening has had an experience like that as well. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing, honey. My pleasure. All right, now I'll have to try not to call everybody else honey. <laughs> so we're going to bring on my wonderful friend and fellow medium, Colleen, and she has a story to tell you on behalf of a lovely friend of ours named Rhonda. The story's a bit emotional for Rhonda, so she's here but Colleen's going to tell the story for her because she played an intimate part in this whole unfolding. Welcome to the show, Colleen. Thank you, Suzanne. And hi, Rhonda. Yes, this was clearly one of the most profound healing moments that I've seen. And, uh, and I'm a psychotherapist and I sit in the room all the time with people that are healing through trauma. And this took the cake. So it all began one Sunday. Uh, we were in our regular group that we were practicing mediumship with, a regular circle. And uh, it was pretty early on in my mediumship career. And uh, I tuned in and all of a sudden I saw a pig, a cute little red pig running along a fence. And I'm, at that time, I didn't really get animals that often. In fact, it was the first animal that spoke to me. So I wasn't confident in it, but I put it out there and I said, does anybody know a little red pig that would be running along a dark fence? Now I have to give you credit here, Colleen, because it's hard sometimes for mediums to say things that are out of the ordinary and to really trust that you're seeing this pig running along the fence is, give, I give you a lot of credit for that. Exactly. That was, that was hard. But from Rhonda's face, it was clear that it meant something. And what Rhonda later wrote was that it was one of the most um, traumatic experiences of her young life. Um, so what the story went on and this pig was running along the fence and I clearly got the sense that it was running for survival. And um, what Rhonda later revealed is she grew, she grew up on a farm that raised pigs um, for slaughter. And the pigs would be sold, but then also like once a year, I got it right, Rhonda, um, one of the pigs would be selected to feed the family. So Rhonda had asked her uncles to please make sure that this pet pig ready that Rhonda had grown very close to and was her pet, please don't select ready. And the uncles said they would not. But what happened was the uncles jumped over the fence and Ron, at this point, Rhonda said it was her belief that because she had spent so much time with Reddy and befriended Reddy, that Reddy gained quite a bit of comfort with humans. So when the uncles jumped over the fence, all the other pigs scattered and Reddy was 
slower to run because he was comfortable. And poor Rhonda held this pain as um, her contributing to him being selected. Now, so, you didn't know any of this when you saw the pig as you're no. tuning into spirits across the veil. No, part of me was quite surprised at the pig, right? So right. I, clearly I, was, I wasn't making this up because I was so surprised. I felt like I was watching a movie. <laughs> so the pig's running and unfortunately the pig is shot. And the next scene that I saw was six-year-old Rhonda running to her bedroom. And you guys, what I saw was Reddy the pig come up and out of his body. And what he explained to me was, I knew this was my mission. I accepted my mission to be that to nourish human bodies. I have accepted this. But I can tell that Rhonda is in great pain. So Red, but Reddy wanted Rhonda to know it didn't hurt when he said I was scared when I was running but once it happened it didn't hurt and I came right up and out of my body and then I was free um and that's a time where as a medium you wish you could bottle this emotion and give it to the sitter because it's so hard to find the right words to convey that so we were trying really hard to tell Rhonda it's okay Rhonda weren't you able to see her exactly what she was doing at that moment yes I remember this awesome story So the story goes on after Reddy tells me about his mission. He says, I ran after Rhonda. And so I saw the scene with Rhonda running to her bedroom. And Rhonda comes into the bedroom and grabs a doll. And I will never forget the doll because it was a hard doll. And I could feel, did you ever have one of those dolls with the pokey fingers? Oh, yeah. It was one of those. And Rhonda grabbed the doll so tightly, the pokey fingers started to poke her. And she curled up in a ball on the bed. And you sense and I, all of this from Reddy's viewpoint. Yes. Yep. And I was kind of watching a movie. I was watching it. Reddy was showing me. And see, this is the this is the brilliance of spirit. Spirit knew that Rhonda had been carrying this pain and was here to help soothe this pain and heal this pain. So Reddy jumps up on the bed and is trying to help. Rhonda, but poor Rhonda was so beside herself. Um, but the the bottom line is Spirit and Reddy came to deliver the message that Rhonda, I knew it was my mission and you did not contribute to this passing. It was going to happen anyways because it was my mission and it hurts, it hurts me. And he He conveyed that. It does hurt me to see you in such pain because this was 50 years of her carrying this guilt. But the beautiful part is that Rhonda was able to validate that she had gone straight to her bedroom and grabbed that doll. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And seeing the healing. Oh, my gosh. Seeing spirit in its glory. And to the mediums out there, even if you don't trust it, spirit knows what they're doing. And you just got to get yourself out of the way to deliver this and um and it was profound thank you for coming on and sharing that and i know those of you who are listening by radio can't see rhonda right now but rhonda and for later on you you brought something with you today and you can hold that up now 
she has this beautiful painting. I wish all of you could see it of this little red pig. And it's just, it's glowing, absolutely glowing as if in the sunlight. And she had just shared with us, she doesn't want to come on on the show today just because it really was traumatic for her, but that she has just finally gotten to the point where she can let that go. And we can give thanks to uh, Colleen for playing a big part in being the voice for Ready the Pig. So what a story. Thank you so much. We have a couple minutes before the break and it's just amazing. We've talked about a cat and a dog and now a pig and my wonderful assistant and friend Bev is going to share a story from overseas. The, the one that this happened for couldn't be with us, Elkie, today. So Bev is going to share a story about a guinea pig. Hi, Bev. Okay. Hi. Uh, this is from Elkie uh, in the Netherlands, and I'm taking the liberty of changing one of the guinea pig's names to um, something I can better pronounce in American English so I don't mess up this story. Uh, but let me read this from Elkie. In my family, we had two guinea pigs and we love very much. I call one Jamie and the other Lucky. When Jamie first became sick, she was having trouble eating. I took her to the vet several times, but there was no help for her. And we finally made the sad decision to let her go. That was April 16, uh, 2020, and we honored her with a little ceremony and buried her in our garden. That left her sister, Lucky, all alone, and Lucky was very, very sad. She only came out of her sleeping place to eat. She was getting lots of extra attention from us, but she had lost her friend. Guinea pigs don't like to be alone, so I knew that Lucky needed a friend if she was going to survive. When I was searching for a young one, I saw one baby female, just one week old, and she was born on the same day as our beloved Jamie, who had died. This could not be a coincidence, <laughs> <laughs> and I knew it was going to be this one, although we had to wait two weeks uh, to bring her home. We contacted the people, and we were able to visit her right away. We were stunned when she directly licked our daughter's finger, just as Jamie used to do, which is really unusual behavior for a guinea pig just meeting new people. We named her Amber, and after three weeks when we brought her home, we were surprised and delighted to see all of the special behaviors that Jamie had exhibited. For example, she would run up and down the stairs at feeding time, just like Jamie, She'd also give us a little nip if she thought we were taking too long with her food, just like Jamie. Wow. And a really strange one that convinced me Jamie was back. She would stand up and eat hay while she was standing up, just like Jamie. I'm convinced that Jamie knew that her little sister Lucky and all of us would be so sad that she had gone that she would immediately come back in another tiny body to be with us. She continues to show these special signs to let us know that she's still right here. So thank you. Thank you, Elke. And with divine perfection, we are going to slide right into a break. Don't go away because we have four more awesome stories for you when you come back.
Want to fearlessly explore your creative spirit? Join artist Susie K. Edwards for Path of the Butterfly, a weekend workshop at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York, May 24th through 26th. Experiment with a variety of art forms, engage in mindfulness, walking, and silent meditation, and discover a new and free-flowing creative vision. This workshop is for beginners and professional artists. Learn more at eomega.org slash thrive. Awaken to the divine within. You're listening to UnityOnlineRadio.org. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Hi, everybody. I hope you're enjoying this as much as all of us are. We have a wonderful group of kindred spirits here gathered to tell our pet miracle stories. I'm going to start off the second half of the show with telling my experience of a shared death experience with our little black and tan dachshund, Gretchen. Uh, Later In about a month, we're going to bring on a veterinarian to talk about end-of-life care for pets and how to make that very difficult decision. And we had to do that with both of our babies. They are our children. And it was very difficult, but so beautiful to be with Gretchen in her final moments in our home, sitting on the floor in front of her. And our dear friend, Beth, who is a doctor, was the one that helped her cross the veil. And we were trying to be brave and not break down because we didn't want Gretchen to feel our upset or her brother, Rudy, the dachshund, to feel our our grief. And I didn't know what we might experience at the actual moment when her spirit left her body. Being a medium, I wondered if I would feel anything, but it was incredibly painful as any of you who has helped a pet cross. But she was in a lot of pain. So it was the right decision for us. Well, I knew that she'd been given a sedative and I watched as as she took her final breath. And at that very instant, when I knew she had crossed, suddenly I felt this, I have goosebumps as I remember the moment, this burst of energy as Gretchen's soul leapt out of her body and ran around me. And she said in words, I'm free with so much joy. She ran three laps around me and just went whoosh, like she was going off to another reality, which is exactly what she did. But I gasped and I laughed and the tears started rolling down my face, but it was tears of joy because there was no mistaking. That was her spirit and she really is free. No more pain. It it was miraculous and it helped me to, to get through the grief. Then you have to face reality that the physical body isn't here, but that experience of being with her soul as it literally popped out of that ailing body was truly a miracle. And I, I pray that many of you uh, may have an experience like that at those painful moments. So let's move on to our next pet miracle story as I bring in a beautiful awakened soul. Jane, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me, Suzanne. I'm going to read mine so that I I want to get the true facts for Boo. 
Now, let me stop a second. Now, some of you may not know who Boo is, but my wonderful uh, radio show guru and scheduling princess, as we call her, Lynette, is the mom of Boo, a wonderful dog who Jane is going to tell us about now. I met Boo in December 2016 at the Villages in Florida with friends Lynette, Brenda, and Sandy. We sat outside a small ice cream shop eating ice cream cones on the boardwalk. I met The day I met Boo was one of the most joyous days I have experienced. I was with like-minded friends and we were really enjoying being together. The Florida sun was warm, so Boo and I sat directly on the wood platform of the boardwalk. I ran my hand through Boo's aura about six inches from her body, and I did a little healing touch on Boo. She stood motionless, looking at the people passing by. As Lynette commented, she hadn't seen Boo stand so still, since Boo was usually in motion. I felt an immediate connection with Boo that lasted five years. That was the only time I saw Boo in person, but we connected long distance through those five years. And Boo was unlike any dog I have ever met. I believe through Boo's love and connection with her owner, Lynette, that Boo was more developed. I believe the attention and total inclusion developed Boo's communication skills. I was able to communicate with Boo in conversations, and she would respond in full sentences. It was like talking to a young child, and she had the most loving personality. May I interrupt a second? You're talking about conversing with this dog. This is before she passed, correct? Um, correct. You're just communicating with her across the miles because you established this friendship. Yes. And were you telling Lynette about this? When, that, hey, I've been talking to Boo. Um, I didn't tell her at this point because um, the story will follow with. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. Um, let's see. Um, I have done healing sessions with other dogs, but none communicated with me the way Boo was able to do. My relationship with Boo developed deeper after several healing touch and Reiki long distance healing sessions. Boo's mom, Lynette, would send me text messages requesting long distance healing. I'd always begin a session by asking Boo permission, and I would receive a yes from Boo. I was going to assist Boo for long distance healing in July 2020, But first, I asked Boo for permission before I started the healing session. And Boo said, no, to a healing session. I'm getting ready to leave. But I'd like if you could do a video for my mom, a thank you from me. I said, I've never done a video for a dog, but I suppose I can. And I just want to interrupt and say that Jane does the most amazing (laughs) tribute videos. She did one for our mutual friend, Brenda. And she is prompted by those in spirit exactly what music and what photos to use. And it is, it, it, these are miracle videos. Let me tell you, they're clearly spirit guided. So I'm thinking, well, what song would you choose for a dog? What would be appropriate? I asked Boo, do you have any idea of a song for the video? <laughs> and Boo says, me and you and a dog named Boo. I started <laughs> laughing. And I say, of course, that is absolutely perfect. That didn't even cross my mind. And I'm with, I am friends with Lynette on Facebook. So I went to her Facebook site and clicked on her photo albums. Boo gave direction for the photos for the video. Photo of me with Mike. 
photo of me with mom. The photos lined up perfectly with the lyrics of the song, You and Me and a Dog Named Boo. Photo of Lynette and Boo camping lines up with the song lyric, Land. Photo of Mike lines up with the song lyric, Free Man. So and you're Mike- getting all of this input just guided from Boo. This is what I want for my tribute. But the, the dog mm-hmm. hasn't passed yet, right? Correct. Okay. So the lyric, uh, song lyric is Free Man, and Mike has already transitioned to the other side where he is free. And Bo chose the photo of me with her from the first time we met on the boardwalk. The photo lined up with the song lyric St. Paul, and I am from Minnesota. And Boo wanted a photo of Lynette's mother-in-law in the song lyric Old Hen. Boo said, Mom will think that is funny. I like when Mom laughs. Don't and we all? Boo- <laughs> and Boo chose the photo of you, Suzanne, holding Boo and Brenda holding her little dog, Teddy. And Boo said, I like this photo with Suzanne where I'm laughing. I was having a fun time. And Boo chose a lovely photo of Lynette holding her hands to her face. And Boo said, I like this photo of my mom. And Boo chose a photo of the sunlight streaming through her big pink ears. And Boo says, my mom likes my ears. And Boo chose a video of Lynette being stopped by a highway patrol. In the video, Boo is sitting in Lynette's lap. You can see the flashing lights in the car's side mirror. And Boo says, my mom will think this video is funny. I like when my mom laughs. It was so extremely interesting that Boo understood humor. She knew there was humor in this video of being stopped by the highway patrol. And next, Boo said, I would like pictures of my dog friends. We found photos of her with two dog friends wearing matching dog sweaters. We found photos of her with her dog sibling, Billy. I thought a couple of photos were not of the best quality with the lighting, but Boo wanted those specific photos. She wanted the photos of her with Sandy, Valerie, and Nina. It wasn't the quality of the photo, but the feeling the photo gave her. Now, you have said nothing to Lynette about this, right? She doesn't know. Because this is supposed to be a surprise for Lynette. And the dog doesn't want Lynette to know. We came across a photo of Boo's dog sitter. Boo said lovingly, yes, Richard. We found a photo of Boo showing her spotted backside. She said, yes, this picture. My mom likes my spots. (laughs) And Boo said, I want the picture of the painting of me. I was happy my mom painted a picture of me. I felt good that she honored me. Boo using the word honored really moved me. It was very moving that this little dog knew the meaning of honored. At the end of the video, Boo wanted the statement typed, you were the best mom, explanation point, Boo. It is interesting that Boo's video request was July 16th, 2020. Boo transitioned on July 16, 2021, one year to the date. It, it is beyond interesting, Jane. 
It's yeah. a God thing. I, I keep getting goosebumps in this show. So I hope all of you listening or watching are really paying attention. This woman is tuned in to spirit. She's having a conversation with the soul of a dog who's still here, who gives orders. Let's make this tribute video while we can do this. And one year to the day later, the dog passes. Mm. There are no coincidences. And I said on July 17th, 2020, boo, the video is done. The following evening, I said, boo, the video has been created into a file and the file is ready for whenever you are ready. I didn't document the data when my partner, Mark, made this statement. I believe it was a couple weeks from creating the video. I was sitting at the breakfast bar in our kitchen while Mark was preparing a meal. We're talking, but not about Lynette or Boo. Mark stopped in his tracks and said, the little dog will see Lynette through her knee surgeries. I said, I agree with you. Mark has delivered messages before from Brenda for other friends, so I always listen when he speaks. And this statement held true as Boo waited until Lynette had both of her knee replacements. Boo's passing was within a few days of Lynette receiving her final checkup from her doctor that her knees were in excellent condition. Boo saw Lynette through her surgeries and recovery. I find it so fascinating that Boo had the understanding that all is well with her mom and it is now time to leave. She had done her job to serve her mom. Also, I find it so fascinating that this little deaf dog had the awareness that I create videos for loved ones from their spirit people. I had created a video for Lynette from Mike, her transitioned husband, and I assume Boo was in the room with Lynette when she played this video gift from Mike. I kept my word to Boo. She wanted me to have the video ready and to send the video to Lynette when Boo transitioned. The video was to be a thank you to Lynette. And while making the video when Boo would say, my mom, it always tickled my heart. She said it with such love and adoration. It was a beautiful tribute from a little deaf dog to bring comfort to her mom's heart. Well, look how the ripples spread, because I doubt that there's anybody here whose heart wasn't opened by that amazing story. And Jane, you talked about Boo serving Boo's mom, but look how you served all of us with that story and that video that has just done a great service. Thank you so much for sharing that. Absolutely beautiful. Wow. Well, we're going to move on before we run out of time here. And Amber... Welcome to the show. I can't wait to hear your miracle pet story. Thank you, Suzanne. I am so grateful to share this story today um, because Bailey, and I really have always called him my soul pal. I called him that when he was alive, uh, and I still call him that. And he really began a spiritual awakening for me. But what, just, what kind of pet is Bailey? Well, he was a yellow lab dog. Okay. He was 12 years old when he passed and he, um, I didn't even really know what that meant at the time. So the day after Bailey passed away, I went for our, our, a walk in our favorite park 
And I really felt his presence. I didn't know what that meant, but I just knew that I recognized this feeling. And I suddenly heard a child voice, maybe around four or five years old. And he said to me, just be here. I'm here. Just be present. Smell. Feel the wind. And it really allowed me to enjoy the walk with that, um, you know, type of energy. He even said to me as I walked a little more, I didn't realize this whole time you couldn't smell like I do. Oh, great. There's another example of when those in spirit talk to us, they say things we wouldn't expect. Now, that's not something you would have thought of, right, Amber? Yes, yes. It did sort of pique my curiosity. Uh, He also said to me, it's hard to be in two places at once. I can't be here in every moment. And I continued to walk along the path like we always did. And as I approached a little um, kind of one foot path trail that we took, I rounded a corner and I actually felt in my mind's eye that I saw him off of the trail at the base of a tree, you know, just in my mind, but I could see him in a way. And he said to me, come over here. There's great smells here. (laughs) And I kind of stopped and I thought, by myself, I don't know, what am I doing? I mean, that's really what I was thinking. But I I went off the trail and down to the base of this tree where in my mind's eye, I saw him and I looked at the bottom and there was a pile of deer poop. (laughs) (laughs) A pile of deer poop. I think from a dog's perspective, that would be great smell. (laughs) Exactly. And I kind of looked up and I thought, is this really possible? And yes, ma'am. Yeah, but I didn't, I didn't fully believe it at the time. And you believe me, I actually did look at about every tree in a 30 foot radius to see, is there poop at these other trees? (laughs) And really those types of experiences happened for the, the, about a week after he passed, Um, he even as I drove to work the following day, I was driving and all of a sudden I felt like I saw a one-year-old Bailey in the back seat again and just in my mind's eye. And he said, I always wondered where you went every day. When I approached my school site where I was giving a presentation, I got in a room, I was setting up my presentation. I'm not thinking about Bailey even. All of a sudden I sort of see him in my mind's eye in the corner. And he said, this is what you do? this is boring. And he left. (laughs) (laughs) Great. And over the course of that week, you know, I, I, I confided in what I felt I was experiencing with my husband, but I really just sort of did wonder, I guess I, I wanted to believe that I was just making this up. Um, because I, and I think this is the power of this story. It's so vulnerable to just believe in the love and believe in a love that we can't see. It's very vulnerable. Um, But one year later, my dad passed away and it was that, you know, times 10. Of course. And, 
And now here I am, I've, I've taken two courses with you now, and I've learned so much about how this is possible, what it's, ha- why it's happening and what's happening. Um, and I know that that was the beginning of my spiritual journey. And Bailey deserves that credit. My dad gets a lot of credit because right. it's my dad and, and, you know, the, it's just, well, it's my dad, but Bailey really began this all. Yay. Your guide dog. (laughs) Thank you so much, Amber, for sharing that. And I love how these stories are all helping everybody who's listening and watching to come to trust more. We're all pretty rational people. We're not all woo woo. And yet we trust and the love that these stories have brought us. It's not just feel good. This is real. I mean, we go back to Ty, the destroyer Navy captain who's who. He's not making up a dog walking across his leg. And when we could go on it, there's no need to make excuses. When you experience it yourself, trust it. So let's move on now. Thank you, Amber, to Janice. Can't wait to hear your story. Welcome to the show. And don't forget to unmute yourself. Uh, I'm going to talk about my pug, Stella who I named because she had a star on her belly when she was born. So there's a lot of star connections. So Stella passed away on July 30th, 2020 at 5 a.m. in the morning under a hot tent in the parking lot of a veterinary emergency hospital um, on a busy, noisy road during covid we weren't allowed ear shake back there. If anybody just heard it, it's because Janice has another dog in the background. (laughs) Yeah, that's Molly. That's what this is about. So um, I was separated from her for three days. Uh, We were never really separated a handful of times in 12 years, but I wasn't even allowed to go in and see her. Today happens to be Stella's 14th birthday. When I saw, realized what day it was, I know that Stella sent me to tell everyone this story. So Stella and I always had a telepathic relationship. I would talk to her while I was at work, tell her I was coming home. She would give me images. Um, And at the moment of her passing, we experienced the shared death experience. I remember distinctly how how horrible that feeling was that I didn't want to have to put her down, but her lungs were filling up with blood. And... um, I said to myself, be very present now. I teach mindfulness. I said, be very present at this moment. You need to be there for Stella. And I watched her go over the rainbow bridge and go into the arms of my favorite Aunt Madeline, who lifted her up like the cub in the Lion King and said, this is Janice's pug, Stella. And heaven sang. And I thought to myself later on, did I really see that? Did I imagine that? And I did talk to an animal communicator year a year later, and she confirmed it without me saying a thing. Oh, I love that. She confirmed that. the whole story. Yeah. yeah. So I vowed to Stella at the moment of her passing that I would find a way to continue our telepathic communications. And um, I used all my mindfulness training, found some other techniques that allowed me quick passage to alpha and theta state. And so I wanted to be able to be with her when I needed her and I wanted her to be with me when she needed me. Cause I know Stella did not want to go. She wanted me to bring her home. I heard her tell me that and I couldn't. 
So in our meditations together, I would always see Stella running like the wind. She, she couldn't run when she was on earth because she had something wrong with her breathing. So one morning in a lucid dream visitation, I saw Stella as a silky black horse running like the wind across a brilliant green field of yellow flowers. In the dream, I asked her, why are you a horse? And she showed me that she loved to run. And she particularly showed me the long muscular legs, which was also confirmed by an animal communicator who said Stella has long legs now. (laughs) So months later, months before that dream in a class I had taken with James von Prague, he told me Stella would send me another dog one day. And I told Stella in another meditation that if she was going to send me a dog, I had to know absolutely it was from her and the only way I would believe that is if the person who gave me the dog a store person or a shelter man or whomever would hand me that dog and say this is your dog okay so and that's exactly what happened for my last birthday my daughter gifted me a silky black Labrador retriever named Molly she's five years old the breeder put her up because she couldn't get pregnant anymore As I opened the door of my home, my daughter came in and handed me Molly's leash. She said, happy birthday, mom. This is your dog. Every cell in my body knew who had sent Molly. Molly loves to run like the wind. Molly looks like a small horse. And Molly throws pillows off the couch and the bed like Stella did. And Stella's mother's name was Molly. And Molly follows me everywhere, everywhere, just like Stella did. was, Was Molly already named Molly? Yes. And Stella's mother's name was Molly. Yes. And in your meditation, you saw a black horse. Stella was yellow lab and Molly is black and runs like the wind. Yes. Stella oh. was a yellow, a foreign pug. Oh, pug. She, That's was, right. a, she was a little, I have her little, picture. Little, of course. Yep. She was a little pug. I asked Stella once if she was Molly. And she showed me images of herself and my old, older golden retriever who had passed, Maya, and pictures of Molly. She imprinted to me, that's what, I, that's what I call this, how we communicate, that she exhibits behaviors of Stella. She ex- Molly exhibits behaviors of Stella all the time. Before Molly even came, Stella used to walk into our other pub. And I'm so happy that you said they often come to sleep with us because we have to go, Janice. I'm so sorry, but when we run out of time, we run out of time. There's is is Molly Stella? Yes or no? I'm not sure. I think sometimes she is. I think the energy of Stella is in her, but not all your gift. She's your gift. And all of you have been a gift to all of us today. I thank you so much for joining us. Hope you've enjoyed the pet stories and it's encouraged you to trust the stories you get from your own pets across the veil. We'll see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, 
Lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.